0: If you will go with me, the house is set. I will say, Lord, have your way. He said, I'm having my way. Yes, he is. is. The Lord is good. Do you feel the move of the Lord on today? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm going to read for your hearing. Isaiah 41 and 10. I want to read the first verse first because it keeps, it keeps coming to me every time I look down. I keep seeing that verse and it says, comfort ye, that's 40 and 1. Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith the Lord. Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith the Lord. I don't know what you're going through on today or what your family member is going Is going on in their lives today but the Lord wants you to know that he's saying comfort ye comfort ye who said it saith the Lord but 41 and 10 says fear thou not for I am with thee be not dismayed for I am thy God I will strengthen thee Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. I'm going to read that again. If you will read it with me and pause at every comma for me. Let's just soak it in. So if you will read that with me, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed. For I am thy God, I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. I think that's a mouthful in itself, with God letting Israel know that he's with them. There is a song that was, sing- that was in my m- members on this morning as I read, and it was Jesus Never Fails. Yeah. Jesus Never Fails. Heaven and earth shall pass away. But what does it say? Jesus Never Fails. God, in this chapter, in the, this book of Isaiah, and in the previous chapters, God is giving a credibility to himself. He's letting them know that He is God and that all things come through Him, made by Him, done by Him. And I was just thinking about, sometimes we don't know who people are, but when we give the introduction, it gives you a credibility of why they're going to speak to you on the topic that they're going to speak to you about. A lot of times we go to conferences. And on this last conference, we had Muhammad Ali's daughter there. And she was trying to give us a background on why she was credible enough to speak to us at the Re- resident service Co- convention. And we, what we do is we service seniors. And we make sure that they're able to live independently for as long as they can. We provide services to them and resources and information And if they can't read, we have to read those male uh, correspondence that come to them, and we have to be honest about it. Therefore, when they hire one of us as their resident service coordinator, they have to do a background check. And what they're checking on is if we've been in a system, and if we've been in a system, we can't service the vulnerable, which is the seniors, the elderly, those who are with disabilities. But here in this chapter, it's talking about God and His credibility. And I know some people, they doubt God and they doubt what He can do and what He has done. Some people even doubt if He is the Creator. But I'm looking at the Scriptures all the way through the Bible and I'm seeing God being credible. And I just want to encourage you to that know today that God is credible to be your God and for us to be his people. Yeah. When you build a credibility among somebody, you have no problem trusting in that person. You have no problem in depending on that person. You have no problem in calling on that person or developing a relationship with that person. And I want you to know today that God is the creator God. He is not the God that has eyes and can't see. He is not the God that has ears and can't hear. He is not a God that has a nose and can't smell. He is not the God that has feet and cannot trod upon the face of the earth and in heaven. So I want you to know that this God that we're serving, that's written in the book of the Bible called B-I-B-L-E, B L E—that we learned that from elementary school, even when we're in nursery school here at Philadelphia, we want to make sure that we know that our God is the credible God. He can can feel our infirmities and he knows all about our troubles he knows the very hair that we have on our head and he knows us by name it's not just a song and it's not just a cliche God is God and he knows each and every one of us and if we can believe that within our hearts and within our souls and in our minds then we will know how credible God is god is has the absolute authority in what he says he can do a lot of times we read the scriptures and we look at it and we say oh that's a good promise but is that for me or is that for my family is that for my mother my sister my brother for those out on the street god has absolute authority but he will not force himself on us He has the authority to do that, but he does not do that. So we have to realize he has absolute authority because he is credible in his authority also because he made the seed a move when Moses and the children of Israel needed to get away from Pharaoh and his army and the captains of Pharaoh's army. The Lord can move waters and move them on one side and let them walk on dry land. You say, why do you keep going back to that? Why is it in the Bible? It's there to increase your faith in the credibility and the authority and the power of God God is the one who made things he is the one who made people he is the one who exists and caused us to exist God has sovereign grace and he can elect whom he may to do anything he wants. We have to realize that, and when we realize that, and we won't say, "Well, why didn't God choose me? Why did He choose that other person? Why He let that?" We have to believe and depend on His sovereign election that He can choose whom He may and do what He may, and He does not lie. God chooses who he wants to choose. He chose Abraham. Abraham didn't choose God, God chose Abraham. The children of Israel, God chose the children of Israel. They didn't choose God, God chose them. God chose you to play that instrument. God chose you to sing that song. God chose God chooses whom he may. I'm not jealous but Lord, what do you have me to do? The thing is, we got to depend on the Lord, and we have to let God have free course in our lives and in our midst. Don't question God as to why he chose someone else, Sister Maddie, and why he chose her to teach Bible class. God can choose whom he may, and I need to sit down and listen to the word of the Lord and hear what God has to say. We talk about we're going to the next level. We are going to the next level. I'm going to the next level. We have to go to the next level knowing who God is and his character and his attributes and what he is doing is all in his sovereign plan. I want to fit into God's plan. A lot of times we want to fit into our own plans. Yes, we can get some things we want. Yes, doing it our way, you might get some things. But how about fitting into God's plan and getting the ultimate of things? Sometimes we look at things, we think of money and we think of clothes, we think of shoes, we think of jobs. But our ultimate goal, I always like to say this, my ultimate goal, our ultimate goal should be to draw others to the Lord, bring them to the knowledge of Christ and for me to make it to the kingdom. I don't want to go to hell. I take the three Hebrew boys and, and that story about them when they made the fire seven times hotter because the Hebrew boys wouldn't bow down to the statue. I choose to believe that those people got burned out who threw the Hebrew boys in the furnace. If the furnace is hot and they said it was hot, why can't I believe when they says hell is a hot burning fire and I don't wanna go there. If God made hell for the devil and his angels, why am I selecting not to serve the true and the living God and select to go to some place that's hot and that's gonna burn forever and ever? Why am I gonna choose to go there by not accepting Jesus Christ? How many of you, I choose, I choose salvation. I want to go to heaven when Jesus comes and I want you to go to heaven. And I want to believe that Jesus and what he has done for me at Calvary, that that was enough for me to believe. Israel in in this book, Isaiah, Israel at the beginning and throughout the prophecy, Israel had to go through. They had to have judgment pronounced on them. Say, why did they have to go through those things and being taken captive and their finest men taken from them and being under a taskmaster and being under Nebuchadnezzar and, and Babylon? Why? Israel was like an upsidaisical, sometimes up, sometimes they believed in God, sometimes they didn't. Sometimes they want to choose to serve God, then they want to choose to serve idols. We got to make up in our mind Am I going to live for the Lord today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day, each minute, each moment? Am I going to live for the Lord? Or am I going to live for him while things are, seem to be going hard? I'm going to live for him now. You know, Lord, I need you now. I'm going to live for you now. Or can we live for the Lord when hard times are coming and are going on in our lives? And can we live for the Lord when good times are going? Can we live for the Lord when we say we can't hear him, which we should hear him? and all he's saying is stand still he's saying be strong he's saying live for me in me you shall live if we can if we can just grasp on to that yeah. judgment comes to those who reject christ yeah. those who neglect to live for the lord to Go by the word of God and live according to the word who just out there wanting to do their own thing. What feels good, they just want to do it like the children of Israel. It felt good. It looked good. But the Lord said, serve him and him only shall I serve. Obey the Lord. And sometimes we don't want to obey the Lord because it it doesn't feel good sometimes. But we gotta understand that sometimes it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good for me to get out of bed every day, but I pray the Lord that he gets me out every day. It doesn't feel good for me to wake up in the morning and go to work. It doesn't feel good. I know I said this some years ago, but I go to work. Some people say, why are you always at work? I want my paycheck. Why you come back from lunch so early? I want my paycheck. I don't want them to tell me or meet me in my office and say, you weren't here, so we're going to have to let you go. I'm going to tell you where I'm going, even if I'm going to the store to pick up some goodies for the residents. While I'm out getting the goodies, I'll get me some goodies. But I'm out trying to do something for the residents. when I come back, You'll know when I'm back. But how is it that when the Lord tells us to go or when he tells us to stop or when he tells us to say this and we're like, mm-mm, I mean, you somebody else, Lord. The Lord wants you to live for him. He's speaking to your mind. to Speak to others about him. And we're like, no, not me. They're too bad. They smell kind of, you know, I don't, just don't feel like it. Why? we could be in that same situation. And I would want someone to tell me. But here we have the Israelites, the children of Israel, and here they are in Babylon. But don't you know that God still delivered them? You, Cyrus the King, to get them out of Babylon. By God's grace, God sets the stage for everything. And I was sitting at my table this morning, and I was just thinking, and as I was thinking about what God has done, and I'm gonna say this, and how long it took him to get some things done, but that was in my mind. But as I sat there, a young man came down the stairs, walking on two feet, dressed in some pants, looking for his shoes, 21 years old, had already taken his shower by himself. And I was saying, you set this stage, God, not me. It was by his plan, not my plan. My plan would have messed things up totally. I had this plan that I would have so many amount of children, and I would have so many big of a house, and I would have so many big of a job. But the Lord said, "Not so. You gotta fit into my plan." Yeah. When my mother told me, I was in her house one day. She said, "Don't you believe God knows what He's doing?" Right. That was an awakening call for me. And I wanna repeat this to you from a wise woman. No matter what you're going through right now, no matter what situation it is, I don't know who you're looking for, or what you're trying to do, but from a wise old lady with a small voice at times. She says, don't you know And I'm transferring this to you. Don't you know that God knows what he's doing? Do you believe in God that he knows what he's doing? He knows how to do it. He knows when to do it. And he knows when you can handle it. God is more than enough that we need. God is speaking to us today. And I would say that you said, Sister Jeanette, I know children sit out in the audience and they said, no, Sister Jeanette, that's you up talking. But as I was studying on last night and on this morning, I said, Lord, give me what to say. Fill my mouth. And I had to have the confidence to come up here and say what God has for me to say. You know sometimes I get up here and I want to go to this scripture, I want to go to that scripture at my table today. Thank you Jesus. I said, God, whatever you want me to say. The pastor was up during Sunday school. I would enjoy him but getting but get discouraged. And, Say, how do you do that? He was hitting on scriptures that the Lord had me to write down. And then I was going to say, Lord, it's done now. I don't have to say that. But God is speaking to us today. Because I wasn't through the whole Sunday school. Some of you weren't in Sunday school. Some of us, sometimes we sit in Sunday school, but we don't hear what's being said. Sometimes we need it repeated over and over again. Sometimes we come to Sunday school, as Pastor was saying, 48 times a year, 52 weeks. But then there's a, an awakening, the Lord says, Listen to me now. And God wants us to listen to him and hear what he says. I believe we're going to the next level. I feel the next level in my spirit right now. God is speaking to to us today and to each individual. I don't know who you are, but sometimes we have fear within us and that fear causes us anxiety. It causes us depression. It causes us to do things out of the ordinary. But I want you to know today, stop fearing life's affairs. You said, how do I just stop? You depend on the Lord. Stop trying to do it your way. I had to learn that. Stop trying to do it Jeanette's way. In our marriage, we had some ups and some downs because I had a strong mind. My husband is a strong man. He's a soft-spoken man, but he's a strong man. But I had a loud voice and a strong mind. I had to stop trying to do it Jeanette's way. I had to listen to him. And yes, as much as I Sometimes want to do explanations on this scripture. I had to obey him. When I started doing that, it seems like things just started working out all right. Can you imagine me kicking against him for years until now? Can you imagine? I don't know if he'll still be around. But I take that also with God. God t- tries to tell us something, and we said, not right now, I'm too scared. not right now, not me. God is saying to you, give your life to, the, to him. Not right now, not right now. No, not this, not that, no, not, no, I don't see it. God is saying, stop, depend on me. I can provide for you. Whatever you need, I can do this for you. I'll teach you what provision is. You have the wrong concept. Come on, listen to me. I got you. We think about all of this. I'm thinking of a scripture. It says, the birds of the field, how they have, they get their food. I don't think they're worrying about it. They even walk in front of you. You try and shoot them away. God is saying, what about them? Don't think about your clothes and your raiment and all of this. Think on me depend on me. Can we depend on the Lord for what we need and and, and the things that God has for us and and try to fit into his plan? Can we do that and stop fearing? I'm afraid I'm not going to get married. I'm afraid I'm not going to do this and I'm afraid that this isn't going to happen. Depend on the Lord. Make your requests known unto him. Go by the word of God. Live by the word of God. Know what the word of God promises you and live by it and do it if it has something conditional do it do the conditional part if it's unconditional then trust in him if you have God and Jesus as your savior you don't have to fear sometimes we get like the psalmist in psalms 55 around verse five eight eight seven or eight it says if i had wings like a dove i'll fly away sometimes we just want to fly away but the thing of the scripture is if i had wings the lord would have given you wings if he wanted you to fly you could fly but then where would you fly fly away out of the presence of the lord you don't want to fly out of the presence of the lord So you still, if you have wings, you want to fly to his presence and to stay in his presence. I was thinking, we didn't get to swim on our vacation this year. I don't swim. We didn't get to get in the pool. But I can stay afloat. I can stay near the edge. I know where my safety zone was. I can stay in four feet of water, and I can tiptoe in five. Other than that, that's not my safety zone. My safetyness is in Jesus. It's in the Lord. So why am I gonna stray away from him? All of my help comes from him. And I had the scripture of the 23rd Psalms. He is my shepherd, and I shall not want the Lord gives me what I need. Yeah. He takes me through the valley. He leads me. When it's dark, the Lord protects me. His protection is all around me. When I'm in a car, I know the Lord is protecting me. Yeah. It's not by my goodness. It's not by my good driving, is it, guy? Definitely not. Yeah. That should have been a good question for everybody who drives the best. It's not by my goodness. It's not by my technique. It's by the goodness and the. it's by God. He protects me every day. He protects you. He's protecting us now. The Lord protects us. He's credible to protect me. I depend on his credibility because he is a protector. He is a provider. He can do anything. But Jesus never fails. I got that in my spirit today. Jesus never fails. The Lord will never fail me. He never fails. And I said, as long as he's not failing me, why should I fail him? Can he depend on me? Am I the one that he can say, okay, you can do this? Am I the one that he can select from this pot? and say, okay, I'm gonna take this one. Will you be the one? Will you be the one that the Lord can use, that the Lord wants to endow his anointing on? The Lord wants you to go out and reach somebody, to reach your family. Sometimes we get afraid by talking to our family, but our family are closest to us. Why not try the Lord on them? They need the Lord just as much as your friend at work. Why would I neglect my family members and go out trying to get the ones who are at work, I need to do them too, but I need to tell my family members about the Lord too. Yes. That's it. I need to, it's a must. And I want you to get into your spirit. It's a must that you tell your family about the Lord and how God is good and how he's your creator and how he's your provider and how he's your protector. But most of all, you tell them how he is your savior. You don't have to prove that to, to, to them. You don't have to prove that Jesus is your savior. Just keep living right. Just accept him and let them know they don't even have to prove it. Just live for the Lord. But if I'm saying that God provides everything for me, they're going to look for it. Yeah. Their eyes don't see it through God's eyes. Right. They're looking for a big, fine house and a Mercedes Benz and all the money that you're throwing around. But tell them he is your Savior. Yeah. I can show him in the Bible that he came to save. Right. I can show him in the Bible that he, he's coming back again. Yes. I can show him in the Bible that he's preparing a place for me. I can show them in the Bible that there's a home that's better than this home. I can show them in the Bible what he's preparing for me. Yes. I can show him in the Bible also how it says, hell has opened up his mouth Amen. without measure. And it burns with fire and brimstone. But if I never tell them how Jesus is my savior, they'll never know. And we have to go out and we have to tell people that Jesus is a savior. He is my savior. And we have to be convincing enough that they will want to know something more about it. So through our lives, our lives convinces them sometimes because it's the way we live, we walk, we talk. the What we do, What it, it depends. But if you're going to talk out one side of the mouth and live another way out the other side of the mouth, and I know the kids are saying, Jeanette, you only have one mouth. But the thing is, on the back side and on the front side, I got to be the same all the way around. The attributes and power of God. Know God's ability. In Isaiah 41, 10, it says, be not dismayed. God says, for I am your God. Is the Lord your God? God has no limits. God is limitless. Somebody say limitless. Limitless. God is limitless. He has no limit. There is no secret what he can do, and there's no limit on what he can do. God is above all. He can help us out of the miry clay. Somebody say, what's the miry clay? That's when you feel like you're down and you're out and seems like you're sinking down, that he can lift you up. He can hold your hand. He can comfort you. That's why I read and one, comfort. He can comfort you. Yeah. God can comfort you. All we need to do is realize he is who we need. He is the only way out. Yeah. We need the true and the living God. In Isaiah, it also goes on to say in 41 and 10, I will strengthen you. The power of the Holy Ghost will strengthen us. We need the Holy Ghost. Christ lives inside of us. He will strengthen us. I know sometimes self says, I can't take another step. God says, I can strengthen you to take another step, to go on just a little while longer. Don't give in. Don't throw in the towel. God can strengthen you. He can give you help. Isaiah, it says, sometimes when we're down, sometimes when we're out, God will help you and God will strengthen you. I need God's help. I know you're probably saying, Sister Jeanette, you did not get a text. You did not give us a title yet, and I'm ready to write it down. Well, I wanted to go to the New Testament and talk about the blind man. And he heard a commotion. A lot of times we hear a lot of commotion and we go and try and investigate when we should be running from it. But here, this blind man, he's on the wayside. And he called on the Lord when he heard that that was Jesus of Nazareth coming by. He heard the commotion, and he said, "Have mercy on me." But he know who he he knew who he was. He says, "Jesus, thy son of David, have mercy on me." I was asking Sister Maddie. I said, is this, the, is this the same Bartimaeus, this blind man that's in Luke? Was it the same man Bartimaeus? Because in Luke, the 18th chapter, it just calls him the blind man on the, way, on the wayside. In Mark, it calls his name Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, if I pronounce that right. But here he has, Jesus, thy son of David, have mercy on me. And when the pastor called us up, he said, come on up here, call up to the Lord. I said, that's it, that's it. Ask me did I call and tell the Lord what I wanted. I called on Jesus Christ, the one who died on the cross for me. I called on him. And I have great expectations. Yeah. I don't know about you. You might not have great expectations. Maybe you were just going through the motion. I called on the Lord. Savannah, did you call on the Lord? I called on the Lord. Justin, did you call on the Lord? I called on the Lord. Yeah. Sister Kathy, did you call on the Lord? Did you call on the Lord back there? Yeah. I called on the Lord. I have great expectations. Somebody say great expectations. Great And here in this 18th chapter, how this blind man called, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. How many of you needed the Lord and still needs the Lord to have mercy on you? I need the Lord to have mercy on me. I'm not beyond repair. I can stand another blessing. I can stand another insight of him. I can stand a closer walk with him. I need the Lord. I need him every day, every moment, every second. Children, you need the Lord. You need him going to school. I'm going back to school. I need the Lord to touch my mind, to give me strength. And this chapter just kind of spoke to me. I'm going to need the Lord. I need his help not just to learn what they're about to start teaching me, but I need his help while I'm sitting in class. And when the Lord says, speak to that person when you get a break, I need the Lord. I need courage to speak to that person. I need power to, for, the, for the Holy Ghost to bring things back to my remembrance, not just for my test, but when I'm able to speak to somebody. I need the word of God to come back to my memory so I can tell somebody about the soon coming king. Do you need him? Do you want him? That's the thing about it. Some people say, yeah, I need him, but I don't want him. Do you want him? Who is him? Do you want the Lord? Can't leave anything covered today. You got to need no know, know that you need Jesus and you got to want Jesus. I ain't talking about just some man. I'm talking about Jesus Christ, the son of David, who healed the sick, raised the dead, came down here or he left his throne, came down here on earth, born of a virgin, was talked about, criticized, mocked whipped nails in his hands nails in his feet pierced in his side crown of thorns on his head and the thing is he did it for us he did it for me i need him i need him now and i would say more than i ever needed him before because I'm coming to the realization now. Sometimes you don't realize how much you need them. You come to the realization, you need the Lord. You can't move without him. You can't live without him. You need the Lord. I, I was thinking about the, the three Hebrew boys in the, fiery first, in the fiery furnace in the book of Daniel. And I was saying they needed to know who they believed in. We're going to have to know who we believe in. They needed to know because they were faced with being thrown in the fiery furnace. And then when they still, it was like Nebuchadnezzar was trying to give them a chance to change their mind. You're like, don't you know? Didn't you hear the news? Nobody, let's use our day and time. Nobody emailed you. Nobody texted you. They didn't FaceTime you and tell you that you were supposed to bow at the sound of the hornet. You didn't know this? Okay, I'm going to give you another chance. It's like he's giving them another chance. Nebuchadnezzar giving him another chance. Nebuchadnezzar giving them another chance. They had to know who they believed in. They believed in the true and the living God. They let them them throw them in the fiery furnace. They heated the fiery furnace seven times hotter. And here they were in the fiery furnace. And we know what happens when you throw meat, raw meat, into hot boiling water. Those who cook and those who think they can, you know what happens to an egg when you put it in there. So I guess they were going to go back and look what had cooked up. Somebody said, what done fried up? No, they opened it up. Any day in time, one plus zero is, one plus zero is, two plus zero is, three plus zero is, they knew they threw in three. But when they open it, you count it any way you can. Three plus zero does not come to four. But when they open it up, they saw four. You got to believe in God. You're going to go through your tests and your trials. You're going to go through heartaches and pains. You're going to have that. But will you choose God? Will you say that I'm going to trust in the Lord? I'm going to call on him. And here we are. One more Sunday, are we going to depend on him? With you, does his credibility stand up? With you, will you choose him? With you, this is a personal thing, and we got to know who we believe in. If we're ready to go to another level, we got to learn about the Lord. We got to cry out to him and say, Lord, have mercy on me. I need you. And what did Jesus ask the blind man? What do you want from me? And he said that I might receive my sight. If you're not seeing clearly, it's time to say, Lord, open up my eyes that I might receive my sight. If we're not walking to the right places, Lord, fix me. My legs are kind of lame. Help me, Jesus. We have to know who we we believe in. Know that God has power, God provides. He is our provision. He's our protection. He's everything we should need. I can't depend on myself. Look to your neighbor and say, I can't depend on myself. I gotta depend on God. Now cry with a loud voice, Lord Jesus, Jesus. have mercy on me.